0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a ton of books that have come out this week, kicking it off with Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number one from DC Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Scott Godlewski. This is kicking off right after the Legion of Superheroes series that Brian Michael Bendis did with, I believe it was Ryan Sook on art and yeah, also so. picking up on a lot of the Justice League stuff he's been doing. You know exactly what's going to happen for the title, but it's also kicking into this new riff on the Great Darkness saga that's been seeded throughout the DC universe for a while here. What'd you guys think about this one?
1: I thought it was really good art, fun cast of characters, You know, it's Bendis, so it gets a little wordy, but uh, I think this is a solid first issue.
2: Um, I love... I'm a sucker for the Legion of Superheroes. I'm in the tank for them at all times. So, like, great to see them back. Uh, I'm curious what the deal is, and I'm a little bit... Having Naomi on the Justice League, I'm like, okay. Like, that's like, you show up to work and you're like, hey, the boss is... The cousin works here. It's like, well, of course. Here's my problem with
0: Naomi, a character. If we're going to talk about that, a character that I really do want to like, by the way, is yeah. I don't know what her deal is. I don't know what her powers are necessarily. She doesn't know what her powers are. There's a little box that's like powers undefined. And it's like, by the time you're on the Justice League, we should know what your powers are. You know, you, we should yeah. know what your place of the team is. And that's Brian Michael Bettis being a little coy because he has a long term story with her. We know that there's going to be a second season of the comic. I'm sure we'll find out more there. But yeah. I, I agree with you. That's a little frustrating. And it's the same thing yeah. with this book, which, like you said, really good art. I'm happy to be on board with the direction, but I don't know what it is yet because it's a lot of. Way too many characters standing around, meeting each other, talking about this and the very typical like delaying tactic of what is this? What is this thing? What's happening? What is this? What is this? Over and over again, where I'm like, don't have them. I understand it's a natural for them to be like, I don't know what's going on. But get past it. That's storytelling.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're telling us a story. You're not there watching this happen. And I think mm-hmm. this has been a thing we've talked about with a lot of Bendis' stuff lately, especially since he moved to D.C., where it's like, hey, man, come on. We're, we're reading comics. We're not here hanging out in your like work, your office where we can all chat about what we like about heroes. We're telling stories, and it just feels like a lot of his work is just like he is so coy with information when he didn't used to be that way. Um, So it is a little bit uh, of a bummer. And this Justice League team feels also especially just like sort of like, hey, here we are hanging out. It feels like they're at a bar the whole time. Uh, And I want them to be like doing stuff. And especially when it's like the great darkness is coming. This story feels a lot like the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, something we've all understood where it's like, oh, a thing's happening in different places in time. We can get on board with that. A bunch of crazy shit happens in the DC universe. So like it's not like uh we're like.
1: Alex hates when you go back in time. I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You were like, if there's any flashbacks of anything, you hate it. Oh, okay. This is You, in, all right. you don't this like is a in different discussion. Rec. That's not yeah. I don't care. I'm still mad at the other discussion. So it was close enough to bring it up. That's Fuck great. Yourself. We're uh, three
0: minutes into this podcast and you're talking about something that happened on another podcast. Very good. Love it. <laughs> Hey, that's a spicy meatball, I always say. Uh, anyway, I have no problem with flashbacks just to clear the air there, and I have no problem with things happening in the past or anything like that. I do have a problem with Beat the Page, though. <laughs> hey! All right, why don't we move on with Daredevil Woman Without Fear, number one from Marvel, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Rafael de la Torre. This is kicking off of the Devil's Reign storyline, as well as the ongoing Daredevil book. And we're finding out what happens with Elektra, who is now taking on the guise of Daredevil. The Kingpin has given somebody some sort of information on her. We don't know anything about what that is. We find out a lot more about it this issue. Pete, thanks for raising your hand. What's going on?
1: Well, I, I just gotta say, I want to call it before Justin gets to a chance to call it. He loves it because we're inside Electra's head here. You know what I mean? We get to know what she's... Th- <laughs> yeah! uh, we get to know what she's thinking about. Also, it's Fun to see her talk about her relationship with Daredevil and kind of like their, uh, what it is about him that kind of gets, it gets her. I think it's, it's very cool. It's very interesting. Uh, I'm enjoying this. The art's really great. I love the kind of like the way it starts with, uh, everybody's like in kind of like this darkest, uh, kind of paneling and it's like, Ooh, the kingpin, but he's in the shadows. I'm having a great time with this book. I think this is very interesting. It's a it's a fun kind of take on uh, Daredevil and what's going on currently. So I'm I'm having a blast with it.
2: Yeah, I agree. What I love that Chips Darcy's done here is he's really found he's discovered that Elektra is just like Matt. Like they have the same sort of worldview, the same like uh, I like I'm. They're always sort of going through penance for what they've done before, looking backward at the same time, they're trying to do the right thing. The trick was, I think, giving her that moral center that I think he's given her, so she's not that hand villain. She is Daredevil now, and so she is trying to do right for the sake of Matt, which is even a better inspiration for Daredevil, as opposed to just being a hero. She's doing it to fill the shoes that came before her, and maybe even to try to honor the love that she has for Matt. It's making for a great Great Daredevil run here with with Electra.
0: Next up, Scorched number one from Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis and Todd McFarlane, art by Steven Segovia and Paulo Secara. This is a team of Spawns getting together to fight an Bunch evil of Spawns that one Hell Spawn yeah. couldn't possibly beat on his own. It's tying into Sean Lewis's run over on King Spawn as well. Pete, as our resident spawn expert, how'd you feel about
1: this? Well, I I almost feel like I shouldn't, because there's medieval spawn, which is one of my, uh, the Dark Ages spawn was one of my favorite spawn uh, kind of spinoffs, so I'm all in on this. this They're called is- spawn-offs, but go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. great, great! You're a very smart, intelligent, witty person. Um, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I said one negative thing about Book Boba Fett,
2: and you're that's, like, you're "Yeah, that's mad right about Boba Fett."
1: That's right, I am. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm. Ha- I, this is just over the top spawn action. I, I'm all in. This is just fun.
2: What I like about the take here is that if King Spawn is about an sort of all-powerful spawn dealing with the problems of someone who is uh, powerful and in charge, this is a bunch of spawns that don't know what they're doing, really, and sort of are a little bit bad at it. Um, And they're trying to track down uh, yet another spawn who is, like, the weapon spawn. So there's a lot of spawns.
1: A lot of spawn-on-spawn action. Yeah. It sounds gross when you say it like that. Batgirls number two from DC Comics, (laughs)
0: written by Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad, art by Jorge Corona. This is following the different Batgirls as they tackle a bunch of different threats in Gotham City. Specifically, it's Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown are teaming up, working for Barbara Gordon. I love the dynamic of this book. It is so much fun to read, and I love how many things they're tackling at the same time.
1: Yeah, this is I think that I agree, this is really fun. The the two of them paired up is really fun. The kind of like we, we hear like uh you know, we get uh on the phone with Robin being like, No, I'm not being a helicopter mom. I love you too. Like yeah. there's a lot of really and great Nightwing. dynamics going back and forth. Yeah, sorry. Um but yeah, it, I'm I'm just uh I'm I'm I love the art. It pulls you right into this cool, different take on them a little bit. I think it it really is a fun book. I think it's solid.
2: Yeah, uh, great art. I feel like this book does a good job of, like, feeling young, feeling, like, earnestly about young people as opposed to a lot of books that are, like – look, there's an app where you make videos. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're an older comic book writer trying to talk about young person stuff. This one actually walks the walk um, and feels like it's speaking the language in the right way. And I I love these characters. The idea of uh, Stephanie and Cassandra, two sort of opposites out there um, on the streets, like being the boots on the ground, is super fun.
0: (laughs) Next up, Devil's Reign, Superior 4, number one from Marvel, written by Zach Thompson, art by David Tinto, as you can figure figure out from the title. This is also tying into Devil's Reign, but focusing on Otto Octavius, who has taken over the Baxter building, opened up Reed Richards' portal to the multiverse, and brought in a pseudo-New Fantastic Four that's all made up alternate versions of him. Goes through a bunch of iterations in this book before ultimately deciding to do the opposite of a Spider-Verse, and wipe out every other octopus in the universe. Uh, Justin, what did you think about this one?
2: Um, This is a lot. lot. Interesting that you went to me first, um, because perhaps anticipating a Pete reaction uh, here. Um, It is funny that this is a Devil's Reign tie-in, because it feels like this is just like a fun... Uh, Doc Ock fan uh fan book, um, where it's just Ock on Ock on Ock, um, going after Ocks. Um, I love that they made the choice to use the new Fantastic Four, which is um, Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine—the sort of not '90s is fuck uh, Fantastic yeah, Four yeah. Uh, running around. Might as well have Third Eye Blind playing in the background.
1: Pete. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is sacrilegious, man. This is fucking sacrilege right here. You know, what this are you is just, about? this is like, you know, uh, Doc Ock uh, ripping off the Hulk, ripping off Ghost Rider, ripping off Wolverine. Um, Do you like, you and don't all like that the he, wrong
2: ways? He took over the Baxter building when the Fantastic Four left.
1: Yeah, no, I got it. I heard when Alex said no, that. but I'm saying that. you
2: don't like that.
1: Yeah, I, no, what <laughs> I'm saying is that it, um, it's actually, I, all I wanted to do was hate this book. Cause when I first kind of, I was like, what the fuck, but it's actually well done. And, um, um, I'm kind of enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a turn right at the end there, but yeah. great to well, hear. Well, I on. realized when you picked me last, you were like, oh, I think Pete's going to lose his fucking mind. Yeah, Cause oh, you so don't you like the ju- word
2: superior. Yeah, yeah I don't, no, I, I that's don't what like I thought.
1: I
0: picked you last out of two people. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> I thought you yeah. wouldn't like it because of the tie to Superior Spider-Man, yeah. which. Um, I did I'm like known it. as the I one On the podcast That holds on to things Of the past As you mentioned Right yep. Pete Yeah yeah. You uh, hate not things Of the past But the only instance Of you holding on To something from the past For no particular reason Is Superior Spider-Man So Sorry, that's why just so
2: For those of you listening uh, While we're doing this podcast I'm also <laughs> arbitrating um, Pete and Alex's <laughs> Divorce proceedings So <laughs> no. Sorry it's getting A little spicy But this is we're Just where we are
0: Yeah I get, I get the uh, collection Of new Fantastic Four comics Alright Pete Final offer
2: <laughs> you got you get
0: the mansion. <laughs> no. no way. I want the comics. Oh, the CBC man. mansion. Rain, number one, from Image Comics, written by Joe Hill. Well, based on a story by Joe Hill and David M. Boer and Chris Ryle. Art by Zoe Thorogood and Ashley Wood. This is based on a short story slash novella by Joe Hill. I believe it's in his book, Strange Weather, if I remember correctly, about Tracks. a world... Where it basically starts to rain, what they eventually call nails, and kills a lot of people. Oh. Spins out from there, but there's some beautiful art in this book. Love the front story. Very excited to see it adapted. Also very excited to see Chris Ryle and Ashley Wood back together after Zombies versus Robots, one of my favorite titles. But uh, what did you? What did you guys think about this one?
1: I thought it was really creative. Uh really beautiful there's a lot of very interesting uh characters but anytime a comic kind of starts with like a perfect romance i'm like oh this is this is this is not going to be good for one of them and unfortunately you know spoilers uh you know it gets bad but man um it's worth it for the art alone for this book. It's some really amazing panels, some really fantastic stuff in here, and it, it gets dark fast, but uh man, it's really cool. Um I thought this was great. The the love story that we get is
2: so well written. It's just palpable love in a way that yeah. I haven't seen in a comic in a long time. And then like it's what happens is is really well done, really horrifying. Like this it's so, it's so cinematic, this story. like it's really great. Um, and then the backup, um, I'm so psyched to see uh, this world being poked at again. Um, the Ashleywood Art, uh, like really great.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Next up, The Joker, number 11 from DC Comics, written by James the Fourth, Sam Johns, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli and Belen Ortega. We're really getting to the end here as Commissioner Gordon is down but not out trying to track down the Joker, who is in a house with a bunch of cannibals. We are getting into it and finding out what is going to happen as we get to the final conflict, presumably in the last issue. Pete! Yes.
1: Uh, did you have something you wanted to ask? Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, try I had oh, a the
0: Joker I'm, is the clown prince of crime and he often ah, goes against Batman who's a go man fuck
2: dressed fuck as a yourself. Giant I Batman. wasn't
1: just born. Um, is that
2: the I, Joker from this song about being a midnight toker?
1: Yes. Oh my god. It is. <laughs> wow. It is. That is you what this book is based on. You are supposed to be the young one in the podcast. That was an old as fuck reference. You got to dust that off. Pete, um, I so. explain I just, why he's playing his music in the sun then. <laughs> oh
2: my god. That's what you do.
1: But uh, right. he's a so, midnight
2: toker, Pete. Why is he
1: in the suns? Oh my god. All Makes right. no sense. He's <laughs> a Jerry. vampire. Jerry. <laughs> I just wanted to say Justin probably would call this uh what uh a middle issue. Um, you know, because they're uh, they're setting setting things up here, but uh, I really think this is uh, great art. Uh, some weird timing there with the guess who's coming to dinner after uh, Sydney Porte died. <laughs> I did that. I was like, oh, that's not. Probably. That's no, we not. Didn't that's that. not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but. Or uh, it was
2: incredible timing to have it come out, sort of. There uh, the same I way.
1: don't know, man. Too soon, really fucked up. But what very did you think interesting, of the, Where uh, getting...
2: Joker called
1: the guy a golden girl. That was pretty weird timing. Yeah, too, that right? was
0: also really weird. And then he said, This really feels like a full house.
1: Oh, wow. Come yeah.
0: on,
2: man. And then he was like, I did, too soon. I did the whole thing, and they think they caught me in the bathroom. <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but uh, it's an interesting and issue. And then they the said, plot... Sed- Senator Harry Reed? <laughs> oh my god uh yeah so we can let that one go i think uh it's very it's getting very interesting i'm very excited to see uh how this is going to all wrap up i've been really impressed with uh what's been happening in this joker book that isn't always really about joker
2: it, it's almost not at all about Joker, really. Um, this issue particularly is about a uh, an oil-based crime situation. And then um, uh, P- uh, Commissioner Gordon and uh, Barbara Gordon. And I had a revelation reading this book. Whoa. It is weird that Barbara Gordon, like one of the smartest people in the DC universe, is the daughter of Jim Gordon, who's just like, he's sort of a detective, but what? he's not. Jim Gordon's, and think about this. Jim Gordon, he's like, oh, The tough Mom case. can
1: be a genius. You don't know.
2: Yeah, what, is, and, what exactly is your genetic? Yeah, what are you trying here? to say here? <laughs> well, he, in the book, it, he says it trickles like,
0: down. Like, uh, Jim Gordon has a certain level of intelligence, and therefore, any of his <laughs> progeny will have slightly less intelligence than him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, what, what are, are
2: you trying no, to say? Are you, are you trying of, to say something
1: equal... about Alex's kids being dumb?
2: Yes, that's my uh, my. Go-to. I'm pretty no. dumb. What yeah. I, <laughs> thank you. What I'm saying is, in the book, he's like, uh, you know, she, Barbara, she's twice as smart of me as me. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It is weird how smart she is. And then it made me think, is Jim that smart? Because anytime he has a hard day at work, he goes to the roof and turns on a light so his friend can help him. And then his friend shows up, and in the middle of talking, his friend leaves. And it's always like, wow, Batman's so quick and quiet. I think it's just Jim Gordon's dumb.
1: Oh, my God. We're always How giving do, Batman credit. That's re- res- your revelation? We're, we're, is we're that maybe, Jim Gordon's dumb?
2: Maybe revelation's a strong word. Yeah, but thank you. I, I do think it is funny. We Why are not you, Bat- you think so it's Batman, a
1: random thought? Is hey, Batman, I have a random thought about that. Do you think <laughs>
0: Batman's doing like the Draxling where he's just standing still and Jim's like, whoa, I can't
1: see him?
2: Well, no, what I'm saying is like, we always give Batman so much credit for being able to sneak away out of anywhere. And I'm saying maybe Jim is just... Oh, doesn't pay attention. Just goes Batman on logs like,
1: for too long and, and that man just they walks rambled. away
2: and Jim's like, "Oh my god, he left." And it's like, "Yeah, he left 40 minutes ago by walking. Mm-hmm. He said goodbye and walked out the door." He
0: totally zoned out thinking about monster trucks. Oh my 100%. god.
2: 100%. Yeah. That's my stance from here on out. Jim Thanks Gordon's for a sharing a
0: random thought. The um, revelation. Okay. Uh, Well, there's a review of Joker number 11. Let's move on and talk about King Conan number two from Marvel, written by Jason Aaron. I don't know why anybody listens to this podcast. Art by Mahmoud Azwar. Don't say that. (laughs) This is continuing the story of King Conan not being a king for most of it, but in fact trapped on an island with a bunch of zombies fighting with his immortal enemy as they're both trapped there. But here we do get some flashbacks of this issue to his time as a king, realizing that his son is an old softy and needs yeah. to be hardened up a little Young bit. softy. Really, and I know this is classic me, I really like the flashback portions of this, <laughs> not quite as into the present-day stuff. Well, who, I th- are you? I think- <laughs> who are you? Who are you? Who am I? A person who watches and reads things on an individual basis and judges them individually versus making one broad-stroke statement and sticking with it for
2: 15 fucking years, Pete. Okay, Alex, let's use we statements and let's talk about our own problems and not Pete's. Um, I like this book a lot. Um, I like both the flashbacks and the present day stuff. The present day stuff is just like Frank Frazetta painting after Frank Frazetta. yeah we're just seeing like nonstop uh, deep Conan art references and yeah. then the flashback I, I like this story where uh, Conan is like he's legitimately having anxiety about not having fun stuff to do stuff he thinks is fun and then his response is to make his son he's like, you're banished. go do stuff in the world Alex. Or do you plan on doing that with your son?
0: Absolutely. I'm eventually going to banish him into the wilderness and say, good to podcasts.
1: And until you do 15 years of podcasts, don't come home.
2: I well, mean, that's that is-
1: right. It is this thing where he's sitting there thinking about all that he's accomplished in his life. And then he looks at his son, who literally has anything that he wants at any time of the day. And he's like, well, this guy's not ready for the world. I'm not doing a good job raising him. I was too busy being in Conan to, like, care about this kid. And now I do care. So I'm going to kick them out and have them get some life experience.
2: That's why Uh, we made you move to Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm gonna earn my way back. Um <laughs> until I you make it to every Philly cheesesteak place, you're not welcome back in New York. Oh man, that's gonna be a long time. But I'm working my way back.
2: A through. lot of salt a lot of sodium content
1: is Yeah, me? no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> uh but I do think it, it's an interesting idea. It's fun to kind of like see uh Conan struggle with being a father, you know? Um a little harsh, kind of reminds me of 300 a little bit, where, you know, they kick out all the kids and they got to fight their way uh, back. But uh I, I think Jason Aaron's doing a great job. There's a lot of awesome splash page art, really cool moments. I, this is a cool Conan book. Next up, Stillwater,
0: number 12, from Image Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Ramon K. Perez. In this issue, big things happen and big things change in the town. What did you guys think about this one?
2: Uh, this... This story is great. Um, I love it. Love the art, and it feels like it is sort of up until this issue. It's been a little bit like there's this big problem, and we're sort of we keep going in like tiny circles, coming back to like how are we going to deal with this problem? The fact that the town you're live forever if you're in the town, and you leave the town, they don't want outsiders in, and it feels like we're sort of on that idea. And people, there's a power struggle for people trying to control what the town does, and then the twist in this issue changes everything in a way that I thought was really cool and it really opens up the world and the story going forward.
1: Pete? Uh, yeah, I mean, what what the, I think the cool reveal here is that, you know, the zoning board is the people who have all the power. You know what I mean? The people who make the little lines in the map really control the fate of the world, and they kind of realize that in this issue.
2: You're talking about gerrymandering.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am.
2: Jerry! <laughs> oh, my God. that's Jerry pandering out yeah oh
1: yeah, right. yeah that's all different. Right. that's a-
0: All right, we are going to move it over to this week's sponsor, which is the Blindsided podcast from the Players' Tribune. Given how they play the game, you might not think that professional athletes are dealing with mental health issues, but that's exactly what the Players' Tribune is tackling with their first ever mental health podcast, Blindsided, hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. Blindsided allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people faced, whether you're a professional athlete or not. Guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonnette, and Kurt Warner. Blindsided dives in deeper. It gets clinical and allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't.
1: It so, sounds great
0: man it does sound great. I'm very excited to check it out. I'm also excited to check out our next title, which is Detective oh. Comics number 1048 from DC Comics, written by Mariko Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg, art by Ivan Rice and Fernando Blanco. The front story here is continuing the story of Arkham Tower, the new totally awesome mental health facility totally that, awesome that is going to yeah. completely fall apart very, very soon as we've already seen it, and the backup story is following a kid who saw a Joker Batman fight and took Wrong, oh, away the wrong lessons. Uh now, <laughs> <laughs> Pete, I know you've been super into this title. What did you think about this one?
1: Yeah, uh, we're kind of getting this uh interesting story of uh uh hey, look, look at all these uh criminals who are totally fine. We see Mr. Freeze getting an iced coffee. <laughs> you see what he did there? Um but it seems i think
2: like, but that seems totally good. I don't know what the worry is.
1: Uh, Well, the worry is uh, that... You think it's too
2: expensive, the coffee?
1: No, I'm worried that... It's uh, mostly ice.
0: You're paying like 4 or oh $5 yeah. or something like that. you're getting like ripped that. off. Come on. Freezes.
2: Plus, Just the get one a regular
0: coffee and let he, it sit out for a while.
2: Exactly, freeze it! It's his whole oh thing.
1: Oh, my God.
2: He just guys, a regular
1: coffee. You guys are missing the point, okay? There are all these supervillains just r- walking around a tower, all willy-nilly. Uh, it seems like uh, it's going to go horribly wrong at any minute. And then the person who's supposed to have this under control is revealed through flashbacks that we know Selvin hates. Um, is just this thing of like, oh, I'm not doing good. I'm doing things horribly. Uh, so it's, gonna, it's just a time bomb. And this poor tower is going down. Uh,
0: I would just like to mention I'm really loving the stuff that's taking place in the past here. In particular, go ahead, Justin.
2: Um, yeah, no. And the beautiful thing about stories are um, that when they a really a, a <laughs> Aristotelian understanding of stories, they cannot oh exist. They have to be told in one 24-hour period. No time dashing yeah. forward or backward. That's, that's what I real, real story. Yeah, that's a real story. In all
0: seriousness, Uh, though, I will say that, like I said about the last issue, I loved how it jumped ahead to the point where the tower was falling apart. I love how we jump back here and we don't necessarily get the events that are leading directly towards that. But we get unrelated events where Batwoman is going on a job interview for this tower. They're all aware that something is wrong. They're like, yeah, there's messed up stuff happening here. We just don't know what it is yet. And it is really tying into one of the things, and it's such a basic thing, but I like it when Detective Comics has them being detectives, which happens so relatively rarely. Most of the time, like we've talked about, it's them solving a mystery where they're like – This penguin seems to indicate the penguin. Let's go beat up the penguin. And that's the whole mystery. But here, there legit is a mystery of what is going on with Tobias Ware, the guy who is running the place. What is he giving the patients? What is wrong with the patients? Who is this new Harley Quinn who is dressed like Harley Quinn? Lots of stuff going on there, as well as, of course, the bigger mystery of how do we end up in a place where Arkham Tower is on fire and Tobias Ware is being thrown out the window to his death. So it's great. I'm loving this story yep, right now.
2: I agree. It feels like we are along for the ride of the mystery, which is hard to do.
0: Yeah. Next up Dark Ages, number four from Marvel, written by Tom Taylor, art by Ivan Coelho. This is continuing the story of a Marvel universe that has no power. And in this issue, they're rowing a shield hel- helicarrier all the way to Europe to stop Apocalypse. Uh, literal character apocalypse, not just the figurative ap- apocalypse. Oh, and as you might expect, things do not go that well.
2: Yep. Uh, yep. I, I think this yep. is really... He's uh, <laughs> not going to throw it to anybody. On to the next review. Right? I thought you would throw yep. it to somebody, but okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I, uh, this is uh, very cool. Very. There's a lot of great cameos, a lot of fun kind of uh, characters. I also like the use of like they uh, they say that their ship is colossal and then if you look Colossus is kind of like uh lifting up chains and stuff in the background I was like oh I see what you did there Marvel um but uh also we get a uh, Black Panther oh man every time I see him now it's just like huh. but uh this this is exciting I, I like what's the setting up there's also Thing Foom, it shows up Really cool use of Ghost Rider in this. I'm trying not to spoil everything. I think this is a blast Ghost of Raiders. A... Oh, you spoiled it. Uh, but yeah, this is just a blast of a comic. Uh, really over the top and a lot of fun.
2: Um, it's fun that uh Tom Taylor's doing this book, and isn't he doing the um the medieval book over at DC as well at uh-huh. the same time? Yep. So that that's great. And these are have the similar creative engines behind them and creative energy but not uh but in completely different worlds these stories aren't alike per se, but I love both of them and just a ton of like interesting fun choices where we get to see the Marvel universe in a totally new frame.
0: Yep. What's the furthest place of here from here? Number three from Image Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Tyler Boss. This issue are teens on the run looking for their fellow teen, end up at a house that is filled with other teens who are dressed like old people. This book is great. I love every issue of this book so
1: far.
2: (laughs) Me too. It's super fun and um, there's a dark tension over everything. But what I love about it the most is the form, the format. Like the way we're getting these very short chapters with um, the titles being a a line pulled from the story, the little short chapter you're about to read. It really keeps the pace up in a way that makes the story um, really poppy and, and fun.
1: This is just uh, like creepy and 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 weird in all the right ways. It's really a very interesting comic which is impressive after we've read comics for so long. Uh yeah, there's there's a ton of stuff going on, but it's also really artistically well put together. I also love the little like character page in the front. This is uh it's a great package. Robin and Batman, number three from DC Comics. You love a good package, Pete. Written
0: by Jeff Lemire, art by Dustin Wynn. This is the final issue of this prestige format book showing a young Dick Grayson and how he becomes the Robin that we all know he can be. I thought this was great. If you didn't Uh, read this, not only were the individual issues really good, but hopefully they are going to collect this in a trade. because It's just a very, very good story. What do you guys think about the finale here? This is going
2: to be a great trade. Uh, Beautiful art. It feels like one of the most intimate versions of the Dick Grayson uh, origin uh, Robin story that I've read. Like, you're really along with him and really believe his choice that informs his character as Robin and as Nightwing, where he's always looking upward, avoiding the darkness to chase the light. I thought just thematically it was great. And Killer Croc's a great villain. The connection they made here between he and Dick Grayson was great. Like, it was just
1: really smart choices throughout and beautiful art. Uh, Yeah, all the feels in this issue is just so fantastic. I want to join the circus. The art is just absolutely beautiful it's it's all it's like a watercolor painting come to life it's just it's just glorious next up the thing number three from Marvel, written by Walter Mosley
0: art by Tom Riley in this issue, the thing is out of the underground, but he's fighting the champion of the universe instead, and a lot more things are going down, including a new lady love that he has now Pete. I'm curious to hear from you. You're usually very tied to classic romances and here, mm. this is the thing, not with Alicia, but with a new woman. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it's, I'm glad you pointed that out. It feels a little weird, but this is so artistically fantastic and really cool. Uh It's, it's a little outside the pocket so I'm I'm allowing it. It's sweet. It's nice to see the thing kind of uh exploring uh in this way and I I love the little kid and the like question the questions that he has for uh, the champion there. I I really enjoy this. I don't want it to you know, o- overshadow uh, Ben's real love and all that kind of stuff that we've all uh, come accustomed to, but it's a nice little break for what it is. I just think artistically, it's doing so many great things that I don't mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really like this. It feels, it feels so such a fresh take on the thing that I'm almost like I keep wondering if it's real. It feels so different. But I really like the sort of world he's in. The, uh, his romance feels like she's got some secrets. The kid's got some secrets. These people that keep uh, coming for him feel like um, they are not doing it for a reason. He, he doesn't seem to know what's happening, and he doesn't seem to be questioning it. Um, so there's just a lot going on here in a way that feels very fresh.
0: Hmm. Uh, I agree, I really like this book I think it's the tone of it that feels Off-kilter the entire time But a really intriguing way that works And it matches very nicely with Tom Riley's art Now I do have a question for you guys And Pete, I guess for you in particular Since you are both into the Alicia Thing romance and also this new woman And the thing uh, How, uh, Pete, if you could answer this one for me How does uh, the thing have sex? Oh my god, dude Who are you? I mean, because he's a pretty large guy, and he's made out of stone, right? So
1: wouldn't he kill her? Dude, what is your deal, bro? Well, I'm just asking no. you a question. No, no. Me, that's, no, a, that's a normal
2: not. question. That's a normal question. I don't. It's think not a normal question. No, it's, a, it's an inquisitive question from a 10-year-old boy. What, it's what like what a fucking, yeah, what
0: are we in, mall rats over here? You've never thought about this.
2: No. Never. Never. They literally in this issue. In this issue, the thing has sex. Yeah, and you didn't think about it then.
1: I wasn't. She even says,
2: "I like it rough." She says that line.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I read the
2: comic. So you must have thought about it then.
1: I I assume. Like, let's not. I'm not. I'm not going to get into this with you. What We're trying assume? to pierce
2: your rocky exterior <laughs> and, and get to um, the soft. Uh, and
0: you're this self-professed sex sexpert on the podcast. So. Oh
2: my god! He's, you're not, the yeah. You're I've our sort of <laughs> you're our Doctor Drew uh, on Loveline. <laughs> well, I think you're the uh, Adam as we know, Corolla. No, you're the Corolla, and oh, I'm, I'm always just curious about sex. <laughs> Uh, as we know, the thing once a year turns into a human, mm-hmm. but the rest of the year his genitals are human. And he's <laughs> Oh, okay.
0: That's why he wears the blue undies, right? Oh uh, he's got to cover that up. He's got to cover, cover up his that human fleshy ween. Yep. Okay, um, I'll buy that. That's a great explanation. Thank you, Justin.
2: Thank no you. prize in continuity Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Next up the Bar- Department of Truth Number 15 from Image Comics Written by James Todd of the 4th Art by David Romero In this issue we explore yet another Weird mystery in the world Which is how does the thing have sex No come on <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: a department of truth. Yeah. I wanna be a part
0: of it. <laughs> no, we're exploring mothmed in this issue mostly through text and splash pages of art. Uh, Justin, you would love in this book. What did you think about this issue?
2: Mm-hmm. I do like this book, and the the sort of pace of this book has slowed down a bit, and they're really like letting it spread out and exploring uh, sort of the edges of this world. And that's this issue feels like it's doing that while sort of furthering the danger and the um, the threat um, both within and without the Department of Truth, uh, with Lee Harvey Oswald being the focus here. And I just love the way they keep sort of defining the rules of what it means to have a portion of the population believe in something so hard that it, it manifests. And to really define that and how, like, it's almost like when you uh, rub a lamp and have a genie come out, you have to be very specific with your wish, otherwise you don't quite get it. Like a monkey's paw situation. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. You guys both have had monkey's paw <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: I found a genie once and I wished for a monkey's paw, and instead gave no. me an elephant's
2: That's hoof. the worst. <laughs> Hoof? Is that what you wanted to say? An elephant's hoof? <laughs>
1: <Mm-mm>. <laughs> you were going to say trunk. You were going to say know. trunk. No, I don't think he was going to say trunk either. <laughs> Pete? Yeah, I think this is just creepy and all the right ways. Um, that kind of like slick back hair guy when he's like gets closer and closer. Uh, really, it just... Uh, uh, fantastically creepy this continues to be such a weird but uh cool book uh yeah it's this this continues to impress it's it's uh, it's a little bit of like when i read i'm like what but i'm still enjoying it next up hell
0: sonia number one from dynamite written by christopher hastings art by pasquale hey, chris, and hastings. chris hastings yeah. Multiverse is all the rage these days Yes, I did not expect to
2: see the multiverse in
0: here Mm -hmm. And we are getting a bunch of different Sonyas Different colors and flavors coming together to fight a big evil Uh, Pete, you like Chris Hastings and you generally like Red Sonia. What do you think about this one?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think this is just, uh, you know Chris Hastings is a very creative, funny, imaginative person So it's nice to see uh, his take on this and, um, you know, it's Red Sonia with like a lot of characters like this. You know, I don't want it just to be dumb TNA. I think we're over that. So it's nice to uh, get some interesting, cool ideas. Yeah.
2: Just Yeah, I mean, uh, this feels like Red Sonia meets um, the Power Rangers in a way or um, the Green Lantern uh, Light Spectrum. Um, meets uh, Ilyana from the X-Men in Hell. Like, there's just, like, so many things uh, from comic book, different areas of comic book fandom coming together here in a a very fun way.
0: Undiscovered Country, number 18, from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camigoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. In this issue, we are wrapping up The arc of, oh my God, I really got to look these up beforehand because I keep forgetting what land they're in. This is imagination or inspiration or something like that. Uh, But basically they're fighting the crossroads devil and all the ideas from the history of America. They need to come up with a song and uh, spoiler here, but the very fun twist of this issue is the guy who's trying to come up with the greatest song. He's like, I don't know. I basically ripped off Hamilton and then throws it into the ocean, which fun joke. And then we it's get some fun nice, joke. fun joke, and then we get some nice twists at the end there to set
1: up the next arc. Pete, what'd you think about this one? Yeah, this continues to be super weird and creative, and kind of like very interesting kind of take on uh, the history. Uh, so it's it's just. Uh, Creepy and weird enough uh, and entertaining enough that uh, it continues to be a great story. I'm, I am constantly am impressed with the swings that this comic is taking and all the places it goes. Um, it continues to be uh, just what the fuck's going to happen? What kind of character are you going to run into? How are we going to get out of this? Uh, impressive.
2: Yeah, I love the Crossroads Devil as a villain here. Um, as we say all the time, this comic book has uh, just a million ideas on the table uh, in mm-hmm. the toy box that is constantly shaking up. And this issue, they're like, all right, we're done with all that other stuff. Now we're moving on to this, these next ideas. I'm excited by sort of the, the two pages we get at the end um, and where we're headed with this story.
0: Agreed. Next up, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, number two, from Boom Studios, written by Casey Gilley, art by Joe Jaro. Uh, This takes place in not a post-apocalyptic world, but a future world where Buffy is, as the title says, the last vampire, vampires have pretty much not exactly taken over the world, but come to an uneasy peace with the world, and outlawed slayers is one of the first things they've done. And in this issue, Buffy discovers she's not actually the last slayer. In fact, the daughter of Willow and Tara is also a slayer and has come to find her, and things get predictably messed up from there. I'll tell you what, I've been kind of mixed on a lot of the Buffy stuff from Boom Studios.
2: This is great. Well, yeah. I agree. This is much better than the other stuff I think we've seen lately. And I think what the difference here is it's a big premise that takes us away from the show. And then when they drop in pieces of the show, I think it really pops. And we're really with Buffy throughout this ride. When I feel like in the past, it felt like it was in the show and then things would move away from it and heighten. And it felt like ah, I couldn't can get my hands around it. And this feels very much like we're meeting our older friends with every issue that we read.
1: Yeah, this, it really feels like it's hit a stride and uh, uh, some great ideas here. Also, it's interesting to see Buffy kind of being a dick. You know, she's laughing at this kid's face, like her name, you know, she's like older. all these when different get things. Older.
2: I don't know if you're familiar, Pete, but when you get older, you you start to get a little more um less tolerant of your everyday things.
1: And you're talking about the royal you when you look at uh, me and yeah, say the you royal re- you. you. That's right. right. Okay, the okay, classic right. term the royal you. <laughs> all right, right, right.
2: The mm-hmm. royal Pete.
1: Yep.
0: Last but not least, Nyx, number three from Dynamite, written by Christos Gage, art by Mark Borstel. In this issue, Nyx, our fire demon, chaos demon, whatever, is hanging out with Vampirella, a character that she's had some on, on, off again, fights with and team ups with. And this issue, they go to a bunch of bars and get drunk together. Um, Like I said about the previous two issues, Christos Gage is just writing the crap out of this book and making it really enjoyable and fun to read, despite the initial TNA premise.
2: I agree. It is a fun read. Like, they go out and party in a way. We get to learn more, like... Vampirella's been a comic forever That we've occasionally covered and read And like, I'm like You don't really learn much about her She's always just like in a bad situation With a million problems or demons Or whatever she has to fight And in this it felt like we actually got to hang out with these characters And they felt like real characters So like, all the credit to Christos Gage For making this book Like a real comic and real fun Pete? Yeah, (laughs) agree
0: Oh, you hit your limit there. (laughs) Uh, I'm the one that hangs on to things. And you're the one that supports our podcast, The Royal You, if you will, at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the comic book shop Come on. comic book love. Comic book
1: love.